0: What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Nick and Bush coming at you with the first official week of DFS content. It's our first week of, of real football. We got a, got a little taste of it last night with the Texans and the Chiefs game. Um, Nick, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, man, doing good. Uh, I am super excited. I felt last night, uh, you know, we're recording this on Friday and looking at Thursday night game. It was just nice to check out. It felt normal, you know, like some of the sports as I've been watching, it hasn't felt totally normal. It hasn't felt like, you know, pre-COVID times. And last night when I was watching the game, I was just like, man, yes, football, we made it. We we really made it. And uh, it, was a, it was an exciting game. So yeah, excited to talk to Slate, excited for football.
0: Awesome. All right. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about, we're going to be giving you DFS lineup advice, obviously. We're going to talk about um, we've tiered each of the, uh, players. So we're going to be talking about who you want to pay up for, who's kind of the mid grade, the 91 octane type players. And then who's the, uh, the bargain bin, who's who you getting at a value. And, uh, what we're going to be doing is, um, I'm going to be talking about FanDuel specifically. So anything that comes out of my mouth from like prices and all that stuff is all FanDuel and anything that Nick talks about is DraftKings. Cause I know like the, those are the majority of people play on those two uh, sites And I wanted to get uh, exposure to both of them. So I figured one of us would talk about one and then the other would talk about the other. So at the end, we're also going to be talking about our favorite uh, stacks of the week, our favorite um, matchups to target. So specific games and then whoever like our lock of the week is like who we want in all of our lineups type of thing. So we're going to hit the intro and then we'll get right into it. So first up on the docket, we're going to be talking about the quarterback position. On FanDuel, to me, it's a very obvious play. At the pay, if you're paying up for quarterback, to me, I, I know you have a different guy than me, and it's pretty similar in terms of FanDuel and DraftKings, but I think Russell Wilson's the play if you're paying up at quarterback. Um, second highest over under on the entire week, the, on the entire slate, and you got a rookie started corner in his debut game. And I saw last year when Russell Wilson uh, was playing against a rookie corner in his debut game, which was Jamel Dean uh, for the Bucks. He literally targeted him like 14 times. Like he just like abused the rookie corner and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both smashed that week. And I, I kind of expect more of the same.
1: Yeah. I love Russ. I mean, I'm going to be talking about uh, Russell later. And in general, I love him as a player. I love him this week. Uh, I did go in a different direction. Um, but in general that Seattle offense is just a nice one to target on Fanduel. You can actually pay up for quarterback. I feel like on DraftKings, it's not typically optimal to actually pay up, but on FanDuel, the prices are pretty tight mm-hmm. as far as like a cheap quarterback. Like I want to say that Joe Burrow is like seventy two hundred, and Russell is like eighty. Russ Wilson is like eighty one hundred or something. Like it's uh, like sixty
0: six and eighty four.
1: Okay, so still like pretty close. You know, closer than in DraftKings. Like Lamar is my like top guy. And he's at eighty one hundred, you know, which if you compare him to like, I mean, you can play Jimmy Garoppolo at fifty eight hundred. Uh that's that's like a huge, you know, if you, you can play Tyrod Taylor for twenty five hundred less. Uh yeah, so I think Russ is really in play.
0: Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, maybe you're new to DFS, uh FanDuel has a sixty thousand dollar uh salary cap while DraftKings is fifty uh fifty K, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the prices, like, they might seem like, Oh, why, why is FanDuel so much, uh, so much more expensive than DraftKings? It's because the salary cap is different. That's why. So um, in terms of like the middle tier of quarterbacks, I actually think um, Carson Wentz, I expect to be very highly owned. So I think in GPPs especially, but in cash as well, I actually like Aaron Rodgers. I think Carson Wentz is the chalk this week. Everyone pretty much knows to play Carson Wentz, at least that I've kind of heard from and whatnot. Uh, the Vikings have all new starting cornerbacks on their on their uh, defense. And PFF actually projects uh, Mike Hughes, uh, Holton Hill, and Cam Dantzler as the starting three corners, not Jeff Gladney, who is their first round pick that they, or their second first round pick after Jefferson um, at corner. So, I mean... Mike Hughes and Holton Hill haven't graded out too hot uh, from PFF the last couple of years they've been in the league. And then dancers uh, like probably he ran like the slowest 40 time of anyone in the PFF system, like at corners. So um, I expect, I actually really expect the, the the Packers to put up some points against the Vikings in this game.
1: Yeah, Rogers in a good spot. He's not particularly someone I'm focusing on this week, um, but he is in a good spot. Wentz definitely has been focused on a lot. I think the more I find out about their line and the injuries to the line, I'm scared. Washington has an incredible front. They really do. They have an awesome, awesome defensive line. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Wentz going deep to Deshaun Jackson is just looking a little bit more sketchy as uh, time goes on. So uh, going to my mid quarterback, it's uh, someone – it would have been Wentz if it wasn't for the injuries, but I went with Matt Stafford. So I love uh, Matt Stafford this week. That Detroit Lions-Bears game I feel like is getting slept on because it just sounds like a boring game when you think of the two teams. But in reality, the Lions team is very exciting. And bear. for some reason, I've just got this gut feeling that for, like Mitch is going to come out and have one one of those ceiling games where he at least just like puts points up on the board enough to uh kind of keep the game paced and keep Matt Stafford throwing. So I love Matt Stafford in all formats. I
0: don't know what Mitch's price is like on DraftKings on FanDuel. It's not the greatest. It's like actually like higher than Joe Burrows and stuff, but if he's really low, I actually don't mind him for for tournaments.
1: Yeah, he he's 5400. Yeah, I I've actually got him as my GPP uh value target. Yeah, see he's like he's actually
0: pretty high. Like, I'm pretty sure he's like 6,800 or 6,900 on, on, uh, FanDuel. I think he might he's even
1: be over 7,000. Cause I remember looking on Fanduel and being kind of floored. Uh, that was, I think he might be 7,200 on Fanduel. He's for sure more expensive than, uh, uh yeah, he, he is
0: 6,900. He's ahead of the uh, guy. Okay. Here's my value play at the quarterback position. It's Teddy Bridgewater. This is, uh, almost, uh, strictly a game script thing for me. I think, the Raiders are going to get out to a hot start, whether it's Jacobs, whether it's Ruggs, like whoever. I think the Raiders are going to pounce on the Panthers early on. The Panthers have a new coach. They didn't have a preseason. They have like seven new starters on defense or something like that, or six new starters. And I think they're going to get torched in this game, to be honest. And I think uh, Bridgewater is going to have a lot of um, throwing opportunities uh, right out of the gate. And I really like him as just like kind of a volume play at a pretty, one of the lowest uh, price starting quarterbacks that there is on FanDuel.
1: Uh, Yeah, so when I'm dipping down in, if I'm kind of going for a cheaper quarterback and I'm uh, looking for a cash play, I'm going to go more towards the direction of uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, Tyrod Taylor, uh, even Jimmy Garoppolo on DraftKings, he's pretty reasonably priced. Uh, Those are going to be my guys in cash. Uh, GPP, we kind of just talked about him. I like Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the problem with Tyrod and why I wouldn't necessarily go with him in a, in a GPP is I just feel like the chargers are going to play slow this year. Uh, I feel like they're going to slow it down. Um, it's hard to really know what they're, you know, there's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is kind of hurt. Uh, there's, it's just, it's hard to really know what they're going to look like. So I just, I don't really feel good about Tyrod ceiling. But in cash, like with his legs, I feel like uh, he could potentially run one in, even if he throws for a couple, like you're, you're sitting pretty good at 5,600. And yeah, Mitch Trubisky, like, I feel gross about playing him, and I think pretty much everybody does. But it's Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Tariq Cohen, and that's it. And on the Lions side, it's Matt Stafford, it's Marvin Jones, it's maybe Galladay, if not, it's even tighter to TJ Hawkinson. So it's very tight as far as like the players to target in the game. And that's exciting. We like that. We can stack that up. You can build it huge. And if you have Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he's 5,400. You can play him with Allen Robinson. You can play him with Cohen. You can play all the guys and kind of set your lineup up and really stack the game.
0: Yeah, for sure. And another guy in a similar vein is Bridgewater. I I like Minshew as well. On Fandle, he is uh, 6,700. So again, I think just a game script thing as well. I think the Colts will probably get out to a pretty hot start against the Jags and might be a lot of garbage time for – uh, for Minchu and the Jaguars. So uh, moving on to the, uh, do you have anything else on the quarterback position? You want to move on to the running backs? No, yeah, that's good. All right. So the running back position, the guys I'm paying up for are actually both from the same game. It would be the pretty, the, the pretty two obvious guys and Jacobs and McCaffrey. I think um, McCaffrey, obviously you just play McCaffrey because he's McCaffrey. He's 10,000 on FanDuel, but I mean, he's going to two and a half X that like, cause he's McCaffrey. He's probably going to have 25 points in uh, against a horrible Raiders um, uh, run defense, at least last year it was. And they really, like, I mean, they added some linebackers, but a lot of those guys were more coverage guys in Littleton and uh, Kwiatkowski. But uh, Jacobs, uh, from Jacob's perspective, the, the Panthers were actually the worst run defense in the NFL last year. And like I said, they have a lot of new starters on defense. And a lot of those uh, new starters are up the middle, like with Derek Brown and, and losing Luke Kuechly and all that stuff. I think it should be a positive game script for Jacobs as well. I think the, as I mentioned, I think the Raiders get out to a pretty hot start against the Panthers and Jacobs is able to eat the clock and uh, probably run in a couple touchdowns. I also, I also really like Austin Eckler too. I mean, like for cash, I think he's really safe because the Bengals run defense also terrible. Um, I believe, I I think at least early on while the offense finds its footing, I think you kind of touched on it with Tyrod. I think they're going to be a lot of like, Keenan Allen checkdowns and Austin Eckler checkdowns. Like I think it's going to move at kind of that kind of pace. So I, yeah, I really like those three guys if you're going to pay up at running back.
1: Uh, Yeah. So I think um, definitely just, you know, for anybody that maybe is new don't play Josh Jacobs and Christian McCaffrey in the same lineup. Uh, if you're going to play one of them, pick one or the other, you just don't really ever want to play running backs against each other. Even if you've got a pass catcher, just, it kind of caps the ceiling. You know, if Josh Jacobs is dominating that it probably means that they're killing a lot of clock and therefore Christian McCaffrey can't be on the field. And we don't want that when we play 10 K for a player. Uh, but yes, I, I like both their spots um, in general. Um, Christian McCaffrey is a guy that I'm going to pay up for cash. He's my top. He's like my, you know, top-tier running back guy. If uh, if this week we have some value guys at running back, like we'll talk about them a little later, but like the Gibsons, uh, like in cash, the most popular stack this week is going to be Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Gibson. That's what people are going to play. In GPPs, I don't think you have to have him. In, in GPPs, I'm definitely not going to have Gibson. I'm going to pivot off. But oh, yeah, McCaffrey, he's going to be shocked. Like, yeah, he just – if McCaffrey scores 50 points, you have to have him. But that happens very rarely. You know, so at 10K, if he scores 30 points, you still don't have to have him. Like guys like Dalvin Cook, even Miles Sanders, like a lot of people have ceilings to where they could still get 30 points and you can save the money. So in a tournament, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to pay down and go off of McCaffrey. That's where my lineups are going. But in cash, I love him. Um, kind of just rolling into, uh, the next pick and these guys on DraftKings are all kind of grouped together. So like, I love Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler. I like those guys. I even, I really like Kamara. Um, but I, my main choice that I went with the middle running back is Miles Sanders, despite the injury, despite the potential worries, he's only 6,300. And, uh, even if I don't think he's going to get 25 touches because of the injury, I still think he's probably going to get 18, maybe 20 touches And I think five of them will be catches, you know, five, maybe six. So even without a touchdown in a cash game, Miles Sanders can pay off value in a tournament. I think people are going to be a little more scared off than they would have been. I actually know they will be. So I think he's still fine to play because his ceiling is much higher than just the, you know, kind of baseline 18 touches of five catches. I mean, if he scores a touchdown, if he scores two touchdowns or they just unleash him uh, it's going to be huge. And yeah, at 6,300. That's an awesome play on DraftKings.
0: Yeah. Another GPP play I like as kind of, it's like kind of borderline pay up borderline mid tier, but Chris Carson, just because of all the guys that are around him at his price range, I love his matchup against the Falcons run defense. And he is like right in that range with Eckler and Mixon and, and Ingram and like those guys that might have a bit higher ownership or at least dilute some of his ownership at that price point. So I think Chris Carson is uh, a play that I'm probably going to use, uh, If not in cash, I might use him in cash games too. But like GPP wise, I think he's in a good spot that he might get a little bit overlooked.
1: Yeah, he I don't know, he makes me a little nervous this week. I'm kind of scared with the. A lot of teams I feel like coming into this week are not going to give their bell cows or their running backs a full allotment of touches anyways, just because there's no preseason and everything's warming up. And I don't know, for some reason, I'm just a little scared off of Chris Carson. I do have one lineup that I've got him in, but it's definitely not cash. I I personally wouldn't play him in cash, even with the Atlanta uh, run defense the way it was. But in a tournament lineup, I can see it.
0: Okay, for sure. Um, into the uh, middle grade, I have one guy that I'm like really going to play. And I mean, we talked about this guy when we talked about uh, draft strategy, like b- like a couple weeks ago, and that's Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram at the beginning of the season, while J.K. Dobbins is like, I mean, he was what, fourth on the depth chart. I know depth charts don't really mean much, but I do think Dobbins is going to have a hard time getting acclimated into the offense early on. And we talked about uh, Ingram's easy run schedule. I expect them to run all over the Browns, not just him, but the Ravens in general. I think this is going to be a blowout, personally. I think they're going to stomp them. And um, it should be a very positive script for someone like Mark Ingram against a pretty meh run defense, and they're very succe- uh, susceptible to explosive uh, explosive runs as well.
1: How much is Mark Ingram on FanDuel? 7K. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, on uh, DraftKings, he's, I want to say, 5,500 uh, I landed on a couple play, plays, but I've, I've kind of came off them. But, yeah, I, I like Mark Ingram. He's on a great offense. is projected to score a lot of points. Touchdowns are king in a, in a FanDuel especially. So, uh, yeah, I like that play. Uh, moving on to kind of the value running backs, and this is kind of the whole – this is what's going to, I think, unlock a lot of this slate. Uh, mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson is shaping up through the chalk, specifically on DraftKings. Not as much on FanDuel. He's pretty 4, cheap 4, on FanDuel, too. And, yeah, he's 4,600, so a little bit above the min, but it's just, it's, you know, it's half point PPR. It's a little bit less enticing on FanDuel because the salary cap is just so loose. Like I made a, a faux fo- lineup on FanDuel that I had Lamar Jackson. I had Zach Ertz. I had Devontae Adams. I had Christian McCaffrey. I had like everybody on FanDuel and I didn't really like need it you know, but I, I still think he's a good play. Um, so that's the cash play. I think sometimes you just need to take the free square running back in cash games. Like if he's going to be 40% owned, you just say, you know what, I'm going to beat the rest of the field. I think he's going to get 12 to 15 touches. If he gets a touchdown, then he's for sure going to crush value. Otherwise he's just not going to kill me. Um, what I'm going to do in GPPs and tournaments, though, is I'm going to pivot off him. So on DraftKings, he's four thousand dollars. I'm going to pivot at his direct price point to a guy like Chris Thompson or even James Robinson of the Jaguars. Uh, they love Robinson uh, for DraftKings yeah,
0: ro- specifically.
1: Yeah, Robinson's projected at like four percent ownership and. I like him. Thompson is what I mean. Thompson's projected like eight percent ownership, so I'm just gonna kind of sprinkle in a little bit. It's a direct pivot. I can see Thompson getting as many touches as Gibson with just much less ownership. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of those. Those are my guys. I'm throwing out there. I'll probably sprinkle a little bit more Thompson in just because. I know the coach speak on Robinson is high and I want to like kind of buy all in, but the Colts defense, I think will stuff him as far as runs go. So it's going to be all through the air. So I don't know. I just, I feel like Chris Thompson is going to start the year as the pass catching back. And then Robinson Robinson will probably take over.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, one guy I would suggest you avoid in the value range. I feel like a lot of people, like when they're scrolling down, especially on FanDuel, you you see a lot of Jags and then you see Zach Moss at 4,700. The Jets run defense is very good. Like, it's very, very good. And we also don't know what Zach Moss's role is going to be. So I know, like, he's kind of just, like, a sexy name because of his redraft value. But definitely I would not be playing Zach Moss unless you're just kind of playing complete contrarian in a tournament. Uh, Boston Scott on FanDuel is actually very – kind of opposite to the Miles Sanders thing. I think he'll probably be highly owned if Miles Sanders – we get more news that he's going to be limited and whatnot because he is very cheap. He's, like, the same price as Antonio Gibson on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, I've, uh, Boston Scott keeps kind of – on DraftKings, he's 4,800, so he's completely out of play on DraftKings. But uh, he, he's like – I don't know. It, I just – I'm so – if I'm not playing – if I'm playing someone from the Eagles backfield, it's going to be Miles Sanders. If I'm scared off of the injury, whatever, I'm probably just going to play no one from their backfield because yeah. I just – it's always been such a shit backfield to play anyways. Miles it's a Sanders good run defense just, too. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Their line really scares me. I, oh, yeah. I'm getting. I was really high on the Eagles at the beginning of this week. I mean, we're not going to go into defenses really, but a little nugget. Washington's defense is 2K on DraftKings, so like the Stone Men, the worst, the lowest you can go. $2,000 for defense that, I mean, even if the Eagles put up 24 points, I could see the Washington Washington getting like, you know, five, six sacks potentially uh, yeah. with pressure comes, you know, like they've kind of proven with defenses, the more like dropbacks, the more points, usually actually kind of the more the defense scores because there's more potential to sack. There's more potential for interceptions. Wentz uh, yeah, sometimes hasn't been able to hold onto the football from a lot yeah. of accounts as well. Totally. So anyways, just a little nugget for you. If you guys want to, you know, throw a dart at the Washington defense, I might play them in cash. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's not a bad idea, (laughs) especially if you're spending up at other positions. Um, On to the uh, wide receiver. Before we get into the wide receiver, I want to encourage you guys, if you've taken any value away from this to hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel if you're new and hit the notification bell. uh, Because we post videos pretty much every day. So into the wide receivers, the guy I'm paying up for, and this is going to be my cash game. Like I'm going to use him probably in every cash game lineup that I have. And that's Chris Godwin with uh, Mike Evans doubtful for this game. Um, I know probably everyone's initial thought when they hear Mike Evans isn't playing is well, Lattimore is going to be on Godwin, right? No, because Lattimore doesn't travel to the slot. So they will likely uh, stick Lattimore on a side. And when Godwin's on the field and and, uh, in like a two wide set where he's not in the slot, I'd imagine he's going to be on Godwin then. But when uh, Bruce is going to get him mismatches in the slot, PFF's projected matchups um, from wide receiver um, cornerbacks. I I tweeted this out a couple uh, days ago, I believe. Chris Godwin has a 75% advantage over P.J. Williams, who's the primary slot corner in in New Orleans. I don't know if they're going to use Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in that role instead of P.J. Williams, but for whatever reason, PFF projects it to be P.J. Williams. And if Godwin's in the slot on P.J. Williams, I can assure you he's going to torch him because he did it last year.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I love Chris Godwin as a player. Um, he's 7,700 on FanDuel. And so I haven't, I haven't landed on him yet. At FanDuel, I still got to finish a lot of my lineups. So I bet yeah. primarily I focus on DraftKings and then I move over to FanDuel, uh, over the next couple of days. Uh, but on DraftKings, Chris Godwin's 7,100 and I just keep going to my guy who I'm going to say right now, who's 7,300 is Devonte Adams. Uh, at 7,300, Devonte Adams is just way too cheap to me. Um, I, I maybe can see one game this year if he doesn't get injured that he doesn't get 10 targets like I don't know how he doesn't just get over 10 targets every single game at least and Minnesota's secondary is decimated. They lost all of their starters. Uh, They lost several pieces really across that defense. And uh, yeah, I mean. I just think that kind of with the angry Aaron Rodgers thing coming out and he wants to get it to his guy, there is no one else. I love Aaron Jones, but he's like, you know, that's your wide receiver too, is your running back. Like, I just, I have no faith. Like, Alan Lazard, I'm actually a bigger believer in than most people, but yeah, just at 7,300, like Devontae should be 8K and he's 7,300 on (laughs) FanDuel. Yeah, yeah. And see, and even with the looser kind of pricing, I actually think that might even be a little cheap on FanDuel. Um, oh yeah. Seventy three hundred. He's only
0: he's only three hundred more than Godwin on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's two hundred more than Godwin on DraftKings. So I just I love Chris Godwin, but I just gotta take the Saints are just a better team than Minnesota is. And Devontae is the only target. If if Mike Edwins is, if Mike Evans is out, uh I think, I think he's going to it, be yeah it, it's looking that way I just I could I don't know. I like Godwin a lot. Yeah I like Godwin. In cash though I'm going Devontae if I have the money.
0: Yeah. For what it's worth um, the uh, ownership projections I'm seeing right now have Devonte Adams as potentially the third highest owned receiver. I honestly don't care though yeah. in a cash game yeah. In a GPP, you might want to pivot, but in cash yeah. games, like, I, I think it's, you'd bite the bullet if he's 40% owned, he's 40% owned. I don't think it matters because I think he is going to smash um, yeah. into uh, the kind of mid grade wide receivers. This is a guy I think will probably be pretty highly owned as well. And that's a uh, DJ Chark at 6,600 on FanDuel. As I mentioned for Minshew, I think there's just going to be a lot of garbage time production. Like his projected matchup, according to PFF, is is Rocky Sin, who had a solid rookie season last year. But he doesn't scare me in the slightest off of DJ Chark, I think. Um, I mean, the Jags offense is going to run through DJ Chark in the passing game, especially with, like, I mean, we got undrafted free agents starting at running back. Like, I'm pretty sure this whole offense is just going to be 10, 11, 12 targets a game to DJ Chark.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I don't have the only Jags I'm really playing this week right now is Chris Thompson and Robinson, just to kind of as pivots. Um, I like Chark as a play; he's an awesome player. Um, so I could, I mean, if you're kind of targeting Minshew, I think definitely the stack is Chark. You could even double stack it and play Lavisca Chenault, who's kind of a nice value play, and then run it back. You know, with a guy like Paris Campbell or a guy like T.Y. Hilton, something like that. And kind T.Y. of
0: T.Y. is going to be really chalky this week, I think.
1: Uh, he's yeah, uh, he's I, projected
0: I to be shadowed by Trey Herndon, who had like a 62 PFF grade last year.
1: See, I, I haven't heard much about Hilton, so I'd be surprised if he's chalky. I think he is a good play. Uh, Sixth highest total... projected
0: ownership on Let's this. See. What I'm looking at right now
1: on on Fanduel or DraftKings.
0: Uh, on Fanduel or sorry, on DraftKings on DraftKings.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I've had I've heard zero talk of uh, T. Y. Hilton, so that's kind of that that would surprise me. Um, But the total's forty five, so pretty decent total actually. Um, Pretty middle of the road. Uh, Yeah, I think they're conservative this week
0: as well. Like the the over unders in general, like across the board. I think they're expecting some sloppy football to be played, and that like in general, like the whole week one slate has kind of like a conservative over under projection for each game. There's only one over fifty.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are just, like, betting the under, too, big time. Like, I think they came out a little hot, uh, the lines did, and then they have dropped a ton. Uh, so, okay, so my guy, this is this is going to be kind of like a cash play. I think you can play him in both. Uh, he's definitely going to be high-owned on DraftKings, and that's Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's 5,600. It's just too cheap, you know. I, I know everyone wants to say, like, aren't you scared of Darius Slay, yada, yada, yada. I'm just not, you know, when it comes to the volume at 5,600, it's just not something I'm concerned about. Uh, I think they're going to get Terry the ball over and over and over again, eight or nine targets, I think is his floor. And uh, yeah, in my cash game teams, I'm trying to build for volume. So a guy like Devonte over 10 targets, McLaurin, probably over 10 targets, a guy like Metcalf, that can give you a little upside of 5,800. Uh, I just I love McLaurin's floor and yeah at 5600 I'm all over him.
0: Yeah, for what it's worth, PFF actually has they do have like the projected shadow of Darius Slay on Terry McLaurin, but it's a 40% advantage to uh, to Terry McLaurin based on yeah. how they performed last year, and maybe you could just chalk that up to Darius Slay not wanting to be in Detroit anymore. I don't know. Either way, I think Terry is good enough that he can beat Darius Slay. It's not like a crutch to him completely if he has Darius Slay on him. Um, I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with the Darius or with the, uh, Terry McLaurin pick. I went, um, with, uh, my boy, Henry Ruggs. I think, I think he's coming out week one and he's smashing because the Panthers corners are absolute hot trash. Like he's going to have Troy pride junior or Dante Jackson on him. Both of whom had like lower than 50 on PFF last year. Like they were horrible corners. And as I mentioned, the whole defense is, is like rebuilding. Like it, there are, there's a lot of moving parts. I expect them to get absolutely like romped in the first quarter, especially like while they're getting their legs under them. And another guy, this is a GPP play, probably sp- uh, strictly Jalen Rager doesn't have an injury de- designation going into the game. So he's not like he practiced in full. He's not like questionable or anything like that. And I, I think Deshaun Jackson's going to be very highly owned. So Jalen Rager might be kind of the contrarian to that in a G in a tournament. Um, because I do think people are going to attack the Washington like secondary in this and p- play a lot of Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson. And Rager and Wentz could be like a sneaky GPP stack that no one's doing.
1: Yeah, I like the Rager call. I like Rugs too. I personally wouldn't play Rugs in cash, but I really like Rugs as a play this week. Um, actually, one of my values here on draft. I was going to put him is- too, but
0: I was like, you, you were already putting him down. So I was like, oh, I'll let him talk about him. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's his teammate, Brian Edwards. I mean, Brian Edwards is at 4,200. I just project him to play at least 60% of the snaps, you know, and I'm not going to play him in cash. I really wouldn't go anywhere near him in cash, but in a tournament, I mean, 60% of the snaps and running out of that X in a very fast paced game against the Panthers with a terrible defense. The Raiders defense is terrible. The Panthers defense is terrible. So, I mean, really both teams can just let it fly. Uh, And yeah, I just, I'm Brian Edwards at 4,200. I mean, to pay off tournament value, we're probably going to need a touchdown, but I just, I see a huge upside potential. And my other guy just to kind of knock him off in the value bin is Marquise Hollywood Brown. On DraftKings, he's 5,100. That's just so cheap. I feel like uh, for Hollywood, I mean, he's the number one receiver. I mean, Mark Andrews probably is, but as far as wide receivers go, he's Lamar Jackson's number one wide receiver and at 5,100, like I'll play Hollywood in cash. I feel completely. Comfortable oh yeah. With him I, there. He's he's like 5,900
0: on, on FanDuel below Jamison Crowder, Tyler Boyd, John Brown, AJ Green. And like a lot of those guys have bad matchups too
1: yeah i just i like him way better than deshaun jackson this week especially with all the kind of line injury stuff and rager coming back so yeah love marquise love brian edwards love rugs yeah
0: projected uh draft ownership of marquise brown's second highest among receivers 40.5 yeah. percent is their projected oh, yeah. ownership of him so they definitely expect oh, yeah. him to be used a lot um yeah. is that it for the receivers yeah on to the tight end position um I think this is probably the most obvious call of all time, but if you're paying up at tight end, it's got to be George Kittle. The number 32 tight end defense in the league last year, the only game that OJ Howard was relevant for was against the Arizona Cardinals last year. I know they added Isaiah Simmons in the draft, but let's not pretend like he's not going to have a welcome to the NFL moment if he's covering George Kittle this week because George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. And with Debo Samuel out, with Ayuk questionable, like you can pretty much book ten plus targets for George Kittle in this game. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much what I wrote. I mean, Kittle was the. I mean, when you're if you're gonna pay up for tight end, pay for George Kittle. Uh, I would say that on DraftKings, I don't think it's optimal to pay for him. He's seventy two hundred on Fanduel. You can you can fit you can fit him in. You could stack yes, you him with can. Garoppolo. It's a great stack actually. But on DraftKings, you can fit him. I just never like to pay up for tight end on DraftKings. I I just don't think no it's neither very, do I. Yeah, I don't think it's optimal. So 7,200, I don't think he's, like, the smart play, but he is the best play at tight end, you know? So take that for what you will.
0: Yeah, and on FanDuel, he's 8K, but he's, like, he, to me, he should be significantly higher than everyone else. And Mark Andrews is only 600 less than him. So, like, is 600 less than him? I think he should be, like, 9,000, like, on, on FanDuel. So that's where I kind of see the value in uh, getting him because I do think he is just going to absolutely smash this matchup. This one yeah. is probably the guy who's going to be in most of my lineups at tight end and that's Jared Cook at 5,900 on FanDuel. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is the projected matchup per PFF, and uh, if it's not Antoine Winfield Jr., it's going to be Jordan Whitehead, and both of whom cannot cover tight ends, at least not yet for Winfield Jr. So, I mean, it's a rookie free safety in his first NFL game, and Jared Cook's a veteran player. He's a veteran tight end, and he's got a top-five matchup according to PFF uh, based on his advantage uh, in their matchup projector. So... I think Jared cook at 5,900, I believe he's like the eighth most expensive tight end or like the 10th most expensive. I think that's great value. I think he should be in the top six because if you're going to attack the bucks defense, I think that is where you attack it is the safeties, whether you're going like over the corners or you're going over the middle with the tight end. So I think, uh, Jared cook is, is a pretty, pretty well locked for my cash game lineups this week.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's a I, it's a good take to hear some di- something different. I haven't even thought about Jared Cook really. Uh, he's just I've been kind of locked in on those. Mid- like if I'm if I play a Saint, I'm pretty much just going to play Kamara or Thomas, and then I just don't really deal with the rest because it's just a headache for me. Um, in the middle tight ends, I've been focusing on. I like Hayden Hurst. I like Mike Gesicki. Uh, now with this Galladay news, I'm really liking Hawkinson. He's kind of coming out of nowhere at 4,200, but really, I mean, if we're talking cash, I'm going Hayden Hurst this week. He's 4,300 on DraftKings. He unlocks a lot. on FanDuel. Yeah. Which is a great price too. He just unlocks a lot. I think even if he doesn't fully step into that Hooper role, I think he'd go close. I, for sure in cash, he can pay off his value without a touchdown. If we get a touchdown, we're running all the way to the bank. Jamal Adams is a great safety, but he is not a cover safety. He's, a he's box also safety. not projected
0: to be the guy that's on him, at least. Uh, the way PFF projects it, they expect uh, KJ Wright to be on it. Who's, I mean, he's a pretty good coverage linebacker. And if it's not KJ Wright, I'd probably expect it to be Quandre Diggs. So yeah, I mean, Hayden Hurst is the 13th most expensive tight end on FanDuel. And I have him ranked as my tight end eight this week in uh, weekly rankings. So I think there's a value discrepancy there for sure.
1: Yeah, I just think I, – I more bring up the Jamal Adams thing. I just think that people assume when mm-hmm. you've got a safety that goes to the team and he's a good safety, that's going to you know cover the tight end. I just more mean like they've never been that great at covering tight end Seattle. So I like Hayden Hurst. I like that Ridley and Julio open up, and I like his price. If you want to pivot off Hayden Hurst on DraftKings, I think Gesicki at 200 more is a good – he's 4,500. Uh, Devontae Parker's going to play Preston Williams is going to play but who knows how long they could potentially last and I just saw Gasecki's for sure going to play so I like them potentially targeting him more than their wide receivers just based on you know the Gilmore effect and everything else like a lot of the Patriots defense opted out so let's just not rem- let's not forget that and the and the Miami defense got way better um so yeah I like Gasecki this week
0: yeah, absolutely, and low key another like mid tier guy that I actually don't mind is uh, is Gronk uh, because it's the first game. Uh, Evans is probably going to be out. It's the first game. Brady's with a new team. He might look to his old his like old buddy, his good old target that he has chemistry with already, and he has the number one projected uh, advantage per PFF with Alex Anzalone uh, as the primary coverage guy. I mean, they have three elite safeties though, so I'd imagine they're probably going to put one of Jenkins uh, Gardner Johnson or uh, Marcus Williams primarily on Gronk, but either way, I think he's not a bad play. And uh, in terms of GPP, I think OJ Howard is my favorite play in GPP for the tight end position for pretty much the same reasons I just mentioned for Gronk Uh, Evans being out and all that stuff. I think they're going to use him as a move tight end. Apparently he's had an awesome camp and I think he's going to be a little bit more fantasy relevant than people are giving him credit for this year in general. And I think in this game, this is how, uh, they might attack them with the, uh, with these two tight
1: ends. Yeah, potential high-scoring game is uh, never a bad thing to target when it comes to uh, tight ends. Uh, my value tight ends that I'm going towards is uh, – so I'll just first mention Chris Herndon, who's not the guy that I'm gravitating towards, but he is kind of what the field seems to be gravitating toward as far as a value tight end goes. I just don't play tight ends against the Bills. They are really good against yes, tight poorer, ends. Poorer and, locks uh, them down. Yeah, like they're just really good against tight ends. And so I think you can go other directions. Ian Thomas is $100 more in that really fast-paced game with potential for a lot of scoring. He's healthy. He's going to play at 3400 I think he's a great play. And if you really want to dig down below, like Hurst I think is the cash play, but if you want to dig down deep and just kind of punt, Logan Thomas on the Redskins is 2800 You could throw him in the tight end slot. There's been a lot of buzz around him with training camp. Al Smizzle, the Smiz Life, who plays a lot, he's really on Logan Thomas, and uh, yeah, I'm just uh, so it's just someone I can throw out there. If you're if you're needing to save at tight end, you could bump down to Logan Thomas at 2,800.
0: True, and my Toronto Raptors just lost, so I'm a little upset. Oh, but Damn. um, my my one True. thing on Ian Thomas though is they the Corey Littleton is projected to be his primary matchup, and Corey Littleton was like an elite coverage linebacker last year. So I don't know about that matchup. I'll probably be sticking away from him because I think Littleton is very good in coverage. Um, Do you want to talk about defenses real quick before we get into our stacks and all that stuff?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, sure. I think uh, typically just in general, I don't like to pay up for defense unless I'm paying up to be contrarian. Definitely in cash, like here's just my cash hint. And this has helped me a lot to win money over the last couple of years Just find the cheapest defense you feel comfortable playing and play them. When it comes to cash, just do that. Don't overthink it. Don't try and do anything cute. Just find the cheapest defense you feel comfortable with because we just can't predict defense. Shit happens. Going with the highly projected, like most owned defense works sometimes, but almost really very rarely, I feel like, because it's so unpredictable. You know, you can get a spike week from anyone. All it takes is like an interception return for a touchdown, a fumble, something like that. Uh, so yeah, I think this week the Redskins, like I said, at 2k, if you want to bump up a little higher, I mean, the Colts are like the safe defense, you know, quote unquote at 3k, but that's the kind of team that just feels like a trap almost as a defense feels like a slow game. It doesn't feel like fun. It doesn't feel like there's going to be a lot of sacks or pressures or anything like that. I'm looking for like the Redskins where they could, there could be points, but there could be sacks. Even the Dolphins, I've thought about. You know, the Dolphins know is Cam... my pick
0: at the value defense as well, because they have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones like on their back end, and Cam Newton might have some rust on them. I think there's a chance that they uh, they get some turnovers off Cam.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my thinking. I even uh, I don't mind the Seahawks defense. I know that sounds wild in the Atlanta Seahawks game when it's like a game that I love. We're gonna talk about it in a second. But uh, sometimes games like that that are high scoring are the best because there's going to be a ton of dropbacks, ton of potential for pressure, just like I've been talking about. So Seahawks at 2,400. And yeah, I mean, some people have even talked about the Carolina defense at 2,500. So it's not something I'm going to play. But just in general, you want that fast paced potential for sacks.
0: Yeah, I think if you're going to, if I were to pay up at defense in a GPP or something to be contrarian, I think I would pay up for the Bills on FanDuel. It's 4,700. It's too
1: slow of a game. It's too slow of a game,
0: but it's it's a turnover prone quarterback with a lack of weapons Mm -hmm. right now. And I think, and I mean, it's also a top five like pass defense. Um, But uh, in terms of another kind of like mid tier one that I don't mind is the Lions defense against Mitch Trubisky on the road. Like, I don't think that's like a terrible combination Mm -hmm. either. Uh, I know yeah, the Lions' defense isn't the greatest in the world, but that might be a little bit of a slugfest too. So,
1: Yeah, at the, actually at the beginning of the week, the Lions were kind of where I was going towards. On DraftKings, they're 2,700. The only thing that's gotten me off of now is their pass rush sucks balls. So I just like, I don't want to, Mitch has the potential to still royally screw the whole thing up. So it, it's still a good play. I just, I haven't, I'm not playing them in cash anymore because of the sacks. But yeah, I, I like the Lions a lot too.
0: For sure. And we've, uh, we've already talked about this matchup a lot. So we'll get into our matchups that we're targeting this, uh, this week. And for me, it's the Raiders and Panthers. I already talked about it. Uh, Aside from both of the obvious running backs that you can play in the, uh, in this matchup, I think all the passing options uh, present a lot of value in my opinion. I think the rugs and car stack was my runner up in terms of the stack of the week, which we'll get into in a couple minutes, but I think Waller's going to be a solid play against Carolina defense. Uh, Edwards is a nice GPP dart throw, as you mentioned. I also think uh, from the Panther side, uh, Curtis Samuel is a good GPP dart throw as well. They've talked about using him as like an H back or whatever. Like, I don't really know what they're going to use with him, uh, use him for, but I think rule is creative enough to actually utilize Curtis Samuel correctly. So I-, I could see him being like a hot waiver wire ad after week one and everyone being like, Oh, Curtis Samuel, it's just like, it's all the air yards are paying off or whatever. So I- I'm really targeting this, uh, this, um, this game. Cause I like both quarterbacks too, as I mentioned.
1: Yeah, I think you can just really play anyone um, in this game. That's kind of what makes it so fun. I mean, even Robbie Anderson is a guy you you know, you know didn't mention. He's someone that could potentially pop off. I mean, you can double stack it a million different ways. You can play Teddy with DJ Moore and Robbie, Teddy with Curtis Samuel and Robbie, Teddy with Robbie and Ian, Ian Thomas, run it back with Ruggs. You can play Derek Carr with Ruggs, Edwards. I mean, like literally – everyone in this game, Jacobs, McCaffrey, like they're all in play. So it's an awesome game. Super bad defenses, fast paced too. Like the Panthers play fast. And I, I love that. So yeah, it's just an awesome game. Uh, rolling into mine is another game that we've talked about a little bit, and that's Atlanta, Seattle. Um, the total has kind of bounced all over the place. It's at 49 at this point. Uh, so yeah, it's just easy teams to pick from. Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. Julio and Ridley are the receivers that they go to Metcalf and Lockett are the receivers that they go to Seattle doesn't even really have a tight end to throw to so like Will Disley just went down again it looks like it's just it's rough you know over there and then Hayden Hurst you know so in general there's just a lot of potential I like the two
0: backs too to be honest not not necessarily in in, uh, DFS just like I think they'll both have decent games like in terms of like redraft if you have to start or set them.
1: Oh yeah, and redraft. Yeah, you definitely can sit them. But I mean, in, in DFS, I'm kind of off Carson for now. Gurley is someone I'm actually interested in playing a little bit in GPPs, just for the potential of like they just don't have anyone else that's any good. So I could see that maybe they just come out and they give him way more touches than they think than I think they will, and he'll get a lot of goal line carries. So yeah, he's 6100. He's potential to go there. But yeah, yeah, that's my game of the week: Atlanta, Seattle.
0: Yeah, I'm prepared for Gurley to get twenty-five touches a game for three straight weeks to start the season because I ripped mm-hmm. on him all summer and, and everyone sure, would be sure. like, You idiot, he's getting twenty-five touches a game. And then when yep. he goes down in week four or he like gets benched in week four or something, then I look like a genius. But yeah, well, um, my David
1: Johnson takes looking good after week one. So Yeah,
0: jeez. Yeah, he actually kind of looked good too, which is <laughs> he the looked sad awesome. Part. That jump
1: cut, I was like, dude, it's like vintage David Johnson. He looked yeah. fast. He looked nimble. That touchdown, seriously. When he stretched the pylon, let's just live in the glory that David Johnson is bringing to my fantasy teams right now. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, he's crushing. It's yeah, I said
0: it at the beginning of the summer. I'm like, between Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and David Johnson, I'm gonna be wrong about one of them. I guarantee I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. be wrong about one of them. But I don't it's want not any of them.
1: Le'Veon Bell. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: So as you mentioned, uh, my stack of the week. I'll get into the stacks of the week now. Is from the game that you just mentioned. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett is my stack of the week. Lockett averaged 28.7 PPR points per game against the NFC South last year. Just a stat I found on Twitter and Russell mm-hmm. Wilson also averaged 35 pass attempts per game against this division as well. So um, as I mentioned uh, for law or for Wilson PFF projects like the matchups to be pretty favorable for the receivers. Uh was Denard is supposed to be the primary slot. He's actually probably the best corner on uh, um, Atlanta, but Lockett has like a pretty sizable advantage, a twenty percent advantage, according to PFF. And uh, when Lockett's on the outside in two wide sets, he's going to be up against rookie AJ Terrell or rookie or like third year player Isaiah Oliver, like whoever won DK Metcalf's not on. And I think Lockett is just going to absolutely crush in this game. He went six for uh, six targets, six receptions, and a hundred yards against Atlanta last year. And Russell Wilson only threw the ball twenty times in that game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember that game. That was such a bummer. I, I played Russ that week, and he just barely threw. But I uh, I love uh, Tyler Lockett this week, especially on uh, DraftKings as a pivot off of DK Metcalf. He's sixty five hundred, and Metcalf's fifty eight hundred. So Metcalf's like the clear cash play, but Lockett's just gonna pr- probably have lower ownership just because he's seven hundred dollars more. I like and him so in cash really... better,
0: dude. I like I like I actually mm-hmm. like him better.
1: Not at the price. I, I paying seven hundred dollars more. It just it's it's not worth it. Metcalf has enough touchdown potential, that at fifty eight hundred, it's in my opinion, it's it's a it's the better play. Lockett has. They both have a lot of, you know, they go like this a lot. But yeah, I, I don't know. At least for me, fifty eight hundred for DK is the cash play, but Lockett is the lower owned for sure pivot in in tournaments. So if you How like Lockett, did you say he was
0: more expensive than DK on drafting? Seven hundred. Okay, yeah, he's, so he's only four hundred more
1: expensive on FanDuel if that's worth anything. Yeah, and and FanDuel is much different when they, so four hundred is way tighter. Seven hundred dollars on DraftKings is a lot. That's yeah. the difference between you know me being able like, uh, like I'm almost to Devonte Adams basically. You know, by the yeah. time I get to lock it from DK. So, um, anyways, yeah, but both are great plays though. I just want to say that I love DK Metcalf and Lockett this week. Um, so my stack is uh, Marvin Jones, and that's from Stafford. I've actually been on this stack from before the Gallaudet news. I was actually, I'm actually hoping Gallaudet plays so that I can play Matt Stafford. Highest projected ownership Jones. of any
0: player is Marvin Jones, according to the projections I'm looking at.
1: That's so wild. That's you're, you're, whatever projections you're looking at are much different than the projections that I have from Roto Grinders. They're very different. So I guess we'll see. But I, I mean, agree. Yours are probably better, is, but
0: it's yeah, because isn't Roto Grinders paid? Yeah. Yeah. So yours yeah, are probably but, better than this, but that that's what they proje- uh, project on um, on fa- <laughs> it's fantasy football calculator. So I don't know how much. you're oh, Okay. That. Well,
1: all right. Well, we'll see either way. Marvin Jones, I think is a great play. I honestly really hope Galladay doesn't play so I can play all the Marvin Jones, but e- either way um, I don't think he's a good enough. Personally, I'm not going to play him in cash just based on kind of the price. But in tournaments, I'm going to play him. And the way I'll do it if Galladay doesn't play to differentiate is I'll play Marvin Jones and Hawkinson. And then I'll run it back with either one of Allen Robinson or Anthony Miller just to give it some kind of, you know, I, I want to mix it up. And the best way to do that is to stack twice. If everyone's going to play Marvin Jones and I still want to play him, I'm just going to add more to that stack because I believe the lines are going to go off. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's where I'm going this week. Yep.
0: All right. Let's get into our locks. And you really just talked about mine. My lock is, is Marvin Jones on, nice. on Fanduil, he's 6,200. The one thing I want to talk about with Marvin Jones is for some reason, everyone's scared of Kyle Fuller. Like I've heard people be like, oh, well, Kyle Fuller is going to be on him now that Galladay's <laughs> out. Like Kyle Fuller is not a shutdown guy. He's like Marcus Peters. He gets turnovers. He's not a shutdown. Yep. Corner. He's 62 totally. grade. He had a 62.6 grade for BFF last year. Uh, Marvin Jones averages 10 targets per game since 2017 in games where Kenny Galladay hasn't played. So for cash games, I really love Marvin Jones this week because I think he's going to get eight to 10 targets.
1: Yeah, Marvin. I mean, we just, we said it all. Marvin Jones is awesome. Love him as a player. People need to stop sleeping on Marvin. I have him on any, every dynasty team. Cause he's a beast. Uh, my lock is, uh, I've talked about him a lot as well. Devonte Adams. Uh, he's just too cheap this week. I don't see how he doesn't go off. Uh, at 7,300. I don't know if you need him and want to play him in tournaments for sure, but I'm going to play him um, just because I just, I think he's good. He'll probably be in uh, all my lineups. So yeah, that's where I'm at.
0: Yep. And it's worth noting on Marvin Jones too, that if they do get him off of Fuller, if he's not like shadowing or they just like move sides or whatever, uh, the Bears have a a rookie Jalen Johnson starting opposite Kyle Fuller. So that's, I mean, I think it's two good corner matchups and uh, PFF, before Kenny Galladay got hurt, projected Kenny Galladay to see primarily uh, Jalen Johnson. And he would have been, if had he been healthy right now, he probably would have been a smash play. But um, yeah, so that's that's the first DFS show, ladies and gentlemen. We are into week one. Uh, we're super excited. We're done talking about sleepers and values and busts and must draft players and all that stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm certainly done talking about it. I'm just ready I'm to be wrong about all the old running backs that I hated on. So... Yeah. Um, Again, as I mentioned before, guys, make sure you guys hit this button. looks like this. If you enjoyed this video, comment down below any of your thoughts. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the bell icon because we post videos pretty much every day. Join the Discord in the description as well. That thing's popping. We got a lot of people joining that. We answer pretty much every question you could have. Start, sit, evaluate my lineup, trade targets, all that stuff. So make sure you guys get in there if you're new to fantasy especially. Um, all right. Take it easy, guys. Enjoy your Saturday. Cool.
1: Later.